welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you today. As a reminder, you can watch this show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We release two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube, and you can also listen to them here on the podcast. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon live, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. You get the weekly after show, a lot of fun there. You can watch it or listen to it as a podcast as well. Hope to see you over there, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. If you like the show, consider leaving a five-star review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, helps us out a lot. And for all of our Vegas content, that's posts, podcasts, and videos, head to mtmvegas.com. Thanks for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, did you hear that Taylor Swift is going to make it to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas? She is doing a show in Tokyo and has to fly here. And everybody was so concerned that the Japanese embassy released a statement saying that she could absolutely make the time and fly. It read like a word problem from elementary school. Is there like anything more Japanese than them apologizing for potentially putting her in harm's way of not making it to her boyfriend's game on time? I, I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. And it's just so much the culture of, hey, don't worry, guys, she's going to make it. It's going to be okay. Yeah, there was crazy rumors. I don't know if it was confirmed how much she paid. I know somebody said a million and a half for a suite at Allegiant Stadium, and she struggled to get her private jet parking, but got that all secured. You couldn't have a Super Bowl in 2024 without Taylor Swift. I mean, is anybody watching for the actual game now? I feel like everybody's, you know, daughters are making them watch the game for Taylor Swift at this point. So we know people love status matches in Las Vegas, and we've done so many over the years. They've been great. Caesars is coming back with their diamond status match. Unfortunately, it's a non-starter for most people because it is only for new members. Womp, womp, womp. But uh, they're doing it. There's a new sort of aspect to it. They tell you how many tier credits you can earn through the rest of the year to get it extended through 2026. So they're getting a little bit more advanced with this tier matching. I noticed somebody on Twitter, I forget who it was, said they got the email for their Caesars rewards member number and we're like hey status match is now live but not for current members but why are you emailing that to current members? maybe because they know somebody that has it or, or doesn't have caesar status yet but i'd still give it a try especially early on sometimes weird things happen and they punch some keys and you can still get it through but it is cool that they show breakdown of like hey if you sign up in march you need to make th- this many tier credits and you know it goes each month and kind of breaks it down for you. I like the way they set that up. Diamond status just isn't quite what it used to be, but it still gets you a lot of nice perks in Vegas, at least. Especially with everybody losing their gold status with MGM, diamond status gets you waived resort fees. As a reminder, with the Wyndham Business Earner card, you can, from Barclays, you can also get diamond status with Wyndham, which gets you status with Caesars. So that's another option. I think there's a $99 annual fee on that one. So that's a really easy way to get status and sort of keep it as long as they have that partnership. So lots of ways to do Caesars, not so much MGM anymore. I think that's really like the hidden gem of, of everything. It used to be really easy to match Caesars to Wyndham and Wyndham back to Caesars and you get your $100 celebration dinner. The Wyndham Earner business card is definitely the best way to get status, especially if you like Caesars or their properties, which most people probably don't. <laughs> and the Founders card also gives you status for those Founders card members like me out there. So let's talk forum shops. 
Uh, I don't know if you've been to the form shops lately, that part that's right on the strip, the last extension of the form shops, the one with those cool spiral escalators. One of the big sort of frustrations the last few years is Caesars blocked off the walkway to get you back into the casino. So you had to walk around all of the shops and it was a big pain in the butt. I was there last week with a friend and we had to do it. But according to Vital Vegas, they just took down the barrier, meaning it's much easier for people to get into Caesars Palace from those forum shops, but also... Nobody's going to walk by any of the shops anymore. It was a shady little thing. It was kind of annoying. Just like put up a wall then. Don't make it so people can see that they should easily be able to get through and can't. Like just block it all the way off. Hopefully, you know, the shops that were effective, they work that into their rent or something. I'm sure it's going to be a bit different. But still, if those people are trying to go out to the strip or or whatever, I doubt they're going to be like, oh, you know what? I saw that over there. Let's go buy a purse. So I don't know that it really changes a ton, but they'll definitely see less people walking by their window and not buying stuff. Yeah, it's hugely more convenient. Glad many people complained because it sort of stunk. We got to get into some Super Bowl stuff. And specifically, we're getting looks at the shows that they're bringing to Caesars Palace and Strat. So we didn't hear about this, but Strat has added a new projection mapping show. And projection mapping hasn't been used a lot in Las Vegas, but it's not a new technology. They use it at theme parks all over the place. And let's start with this. The Strat looks incredible with this projection map. Yeah, it looks really cool. I mean, the only thing I'll say is everybody's bringing out all these lights and shows and stuff. And I know part of it's F1, part of it's Super Bowl, but a lot of it has to do with the sphere. And it just shows how much of a copycat Vegas can be at times when somebody does something that everybody likes and it's cool. They're like, hey, let's jump on this. Like they could have done this for decades now and they didn't want to spend any of the time or money it looks cool it kind of looks like a lava lamp which i appreciate and that's kind of a cool feature you know and it could have been something that made the strat stand out from a long for a long time from you could see it from the strip you could see it from fremont all that stuff i don't know why they haven't done it sooner but i'm glad they got it now yeah you can see it from everywhere in the city basically it's a sort of the thing that you can use to guide yourself around if you don't know your directions And I agree with you. This is a great idea. I hope they keep it past the Super Bowl. I hope this isn't just temporary and uh, we get more and more light shows. We also got to look at the Caesars Palace display that we talked about on the last show. And it looks good. I mean, it's not as impressive, I think, as the Strat one. But yeah, more projection mapping, football related. There's some Caesars stuff in there. Pretty good. I mean, I won't stop to watch it, but yeah. Well, I guess uh, I guess not as good as, uh, as I thought, but that was kind of cool. We also got to look at the Super Bowl field. They had it outside with all the decorations on it, all the logos. So that is now ready for the game this week. Looking good out there. And uh, Paramount Mountain. We're learning more about this Mirage Mountain, and they're going to have two experiences in there, and you can get tickets. We'll put a link in the description how you can register ahead of time. They will have a standby line, but get tickets if you can. I checked this morning, and there were still plenty of times available. So the first one is going to be Paramount Expedition Vegas, and they say it's a 90-minute experience, and there's not a lot of information about it, but I know you're going to get things from different shows on CBS, stuff like that, and then Adventure to the Peak And that is that uh, 4D gondola experience where you ascend in a thrilling simulation with frigid winds and harrowing heights with your favorite Paramount characters to guide you up to the mountain's peak. You going to do it? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm there for such a short period of time. If I had a longer trip, I, I probably would. I'd probably do the 30 minute one. I don't know, 90 minutes just seems like a lot. And, and, you know, that takes up a bit of your day. It's like going to a show that so I don't know if it's for me. I know that you probably want to do the simulator because it's kind of like a ride. So are you going to do the 30 minute one? I do have tickets uh, for later in this week to hopefully take my daughter. And when you're doing the tickets, you're able to select both experiences. So I'll kind of play it by ear, but start with the 30 minute one. I don't know what this 90 minute experience could be, but that does seem like a long time and a big commitment of time. But yeah, looking forward to the simulator. Grab your tickets because I'm sure the standby lines over the weekend are going to be nuts. It's only running for four days total, Thursday through Sunday. 
Thursday, Friday, 11 to 6. Saturday and Sunday, 11 to 3 on Saturday, 11 to 2 on Sunday. Very, very, very limited hours. This is going to be one you want to see, Mark, because you're never going to get to see it again. Now that you like lay that out there, it seems crazy that they're putting all this time and effort and money into something that, you know, is maybe what, what's that add up to like 16 hours total? Maybe I'll sign up for Saturday morning and then you're going before that so you can tell me if it's worth it or not. And then I can cancel the tickets or give them to somebody if you are like, you know what, uh, it was okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll let everybody know, but it's good. It must be a lot of great advertising for them to go through all of this hassle, but uh, glad they're doing it. And I don't think the Mirage Volcano looks terrible. If they had painted the whole thing, it would actually look normal. Like it had always been like that. So an interesting sort of development for four days worth of stuff. Uh, There are some buffet updates, Mark. I know everybody is chomping at the bit to learn that Circus Circus has discontinued their brunch buffet and added a breakfast buffet. Now brunch was $31.99, I think. The new breakfast buffet is $20. So maybe this is a sign that the days of the expensive buffet aren't here. You know, on the lower end, people want a deal. Yeah, I think $20 is a decent price for that. Usually breakfast, you're spending 10 or 15 bucks. Maybe in Vegas, it pushes up closer to $20. If you can eat enough during it that you can skip lunch or whatever, I think it's a really good deal. And breakfast food is usually pretty cheap to make. So I think it makes sense on their end too that they're not going to be a big loss leader. You know, eggs are cheap, potatoes are cheap, stuff like that. So I would go. I mean, if I'm going to do a buffet, I think breakfast buffet is the best for me. Uh, the dinner buffet, I just never quite get the value out of it for the price. Especially at a buffet like that, I feel like breakfast is harder to screw up at Circus Circus. I don't know what they're doing for dinner there. Bellagio is the other update, and they discontinued dinner. So now they're only doing brunch, and they also raised the price $10. So your Saturday and Sunday brunch, $66.99, will include seafood. Monday through Friday, I'm assuming no seafood. And that went up from $44.99 to $54.99. So there you go. No dinner. It's always a little bit slower at dinner. Load up on your seafood in the early afternoon. Who doesn't like that? As a reminder, our Patreon is now going. We do a weekly after show. $5 a month gets you access to that, plus all of our previous after shows. You can listen to it as a podcast, watch it as a video. Patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas for all the information. Thanks to everybody who supports us over there. So a strike has been averted. Papa Giorgio not going to head to the picket line after all. Almost every single Las Vegas casino has now signed with the Culinary Union. All the last ones downtown. The only holdout, Mark, Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. That's because they don't know who to negotiate with. There's too many people in there running things. (laughs) Yeah, there's like 18 (laughs) vendors. They each have to (laughs) sign off on it. But this is good news. You know, we thought it would move a little bit quicker, especially with Super Bowl coming up. They wanted to have it. Uh, done be- before that and then they they had the previous agreement with Caesars and MGM so they could probably use that to work off of maybe not as high of pay because they're smaller casinos but that's kind of like the starting base good to see I'm glad the people are getting what they need and and we can move forward yeah virgin uh, you got to get with it or every culinary union member is going to descend on your property and strike you don't want all of them but i wonder if the economics you know virgin kind of struggling Maybe that's factoring into the negotiations here. Although some of the smaller downtown hotels all sort of settled with stuff. Just in the last couple of days, Golden Nugget, Downtown Grand, Four Queens, Binions. But I wonder why Virgin is the last one. I have to think that it's just too expensive to run that property, given the amount of people. Yeah, that could be it. I don't feel like any of the ones that we listed are doing super great either. So maybe not. Maybe it is just a management issue and them trying to figure out, get everything in line. I don't know. Get it done. You got a couple of days left. They're waiting for a Richard Branson signature, I guess. So, so we'll keep yeah. an eye on that. 
Celine Dion made an appearance at the Grammys, and she presented Album of the Year to Taylor Swift, which was cool. She looked great coming out there. Really nice to see her out in public, and hopefully she's on the other end of this disease that's been crippling her and that we can see her perform in Vegas. But either way, great to see her looking very lively. She looked great. It was was awesome to see her out amongst the people, and she's been kind of behind closed doors and not feeling great for years now, so... It was, I was an unexpected, I didn't expect to see her out there. You know, one of the classiest people you'll see in, in the business. Hopefully she's good to go going forward. I doubt that she comes back to doing shows, but that would be cool. Yeah, we'll see about that. But either way, good to see her doing well. So DEFCON is a famous convention that comes to Las Vegas every year. It's, you know, known as the Hackers Convention or a Cybersecurity Convention. And they always sort of cause havoc. It's a lot of fun for them every time they come. And I think they've been at Caesars Properties for 25 years. You know, last year we learned about the cyber attacks. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but Caesars gave them the boot. (laughs) They said, no, thank you. We don't want you under our roof. So they scrambled for another venue and they got the Las Vegas Convention Center, which is incredible. It's a huge venue for them. So they are still coming to Las Vegas. They're very happy about that. Caesars like, no, thank you. It's weird to do this, you know, last minute, seven months out, six months out, whatever it was to break a contract. I'm sure there's going to be lawsuits and everything like that. And something that's been going on for 20, 25 years, it's pretty crazy. I don't know why you would make that call unless you're just still really upset about the hack and you blame these people somehow for it, even though they likely didn't have anything to do with it. I don't know. Or maybe it's just a bad look because you did get hacked and now you have a hacker's convention. I don't know what their thinking was, but the way they handled it, not the best. They should use these people as consultants, right? The MGM should have called them up and said, come to our hotel and help us with our security. But I feel like DEF CON is synonymous with Las Vegas. It's been here forever. It's always a big deal when they come to town, (laughs) watch your devices, all that stuff. It's famous. It's good. DEF CON should be in Vegas. Glad to see it coming back. So the Scott Sabella sort of drama ended this week, I guess, with him pleading guilty to violations of the Bank Secrecy Act, essentially saying that he allowed a player who he knew had an offshore gambling sort of establishment to play and sort of ignored that where the money was coming from. And uh, this was something that was known for a while. MGM Grand is where he worked. He was the president there while this happened. Cosmo also paid a fine. So I think MGM Grand Cosmo paid seven and a half million dollars in fines. He faces up to five years in prison, plus fines as well, has not been sentenced yet. But this is probably the reason he was fired from Resorts World. I find this all kind of strange. Like, they're not the police. They're not the FBI. They're not national security. How are they supposed to know where a person's money comes by? Are they just supposed to be like, hey, sorry, we heard a rumor that you might be doing some shady stuff. You got to leave. I don't, I don't know. Like, that's not their job. Their job is to create an experience that people want to come to and spend their money. How are they supposed to know where this money came from? Unless it's counterfeit or something like that. I don't see how you can put that pressure on a, an entity. Too easy to launder money through casinos. So you have these rules where they have to fill out the suspicious activity report and then the government can take it from there. Sabella, apparently in his interview, he admitted that he knew millions Nicks had at his disposal came from an illicit source. This is according to the Review Journal. And then he said something that should have generated a suspicious activity report and an escort to the door. So when you do this, you're required. The casinos are able to do it. So he He's just like, you know, the less information I know, the better. MGM, after this happened, investigated and they found several other gamblers at their properties who had similar ties and who had, quote unquote, illegal money coming through the casinos. So uh, this went pretty deep and, you know, big fines paid by the companies and lessons learned, I suppose. Seems like the state gaming regulators probably should be more on top of this. I mean, I guess if you just have to file a report, you got to do that to cover your butt. But I still think like, how are you supposed to know unless it's a very blatant person that's well known in this thing like 
if I run some side gambling thing and I come into your casino, are you supposed to know that somehow? Are you supposed to scrub my social media? Like, where does this stop? I guess if it's big enough, you need to take care of it. But I'm sure there's tons of illegal money coming into casinos that they do nothing about and nobody cares. I don't know if it's millions of dollars, Mark. I think it's okay to do some due diligence to find out where it's coming from. You know, (laughs) that's the the thing. It's not a big deal. It's pretty clear they turned their head, right? He pleaded guilty. Like he admitted that he did this. And, you know, there's probably a lot of other executives and other people who knew about this or at different levels of management, they're not falling. So he's really taking all the blame. You know, he was the boss and I guess he deserves it. And he's certainly paid a huge price, right? Obviously got fired from Resorts World. And, you know, his name is stained here and he faces up to five years in prison. So he will serve his time for what he did. Money laundering, don't turn your head, I guess, is the moral of the story. Report everything and do what you're supposed to do. That's not the Vegas way, though, is it? No. So let's finish with the Sphere earnings. They released their earnings for their fiscal second quarter, and it's pretty good. It's like mixed, right? They're showing a big loss, but that's because they had to take $111 million write-down for canceling the Sphere in London and other depreciation and stuff. But there are some interesting numbers in here that we were able to get. So revenues related to the Sphere experience, that's the... Uh, movie, basically $92.9 million across 191 performances. They said they're averaging about a million dollars a day for the movie there, which is sort of crazy. And $17.5 million in advertising fees for all the displays on the outside. That includes for F1 and everything. But they are generating pretty substantial money from both the movie and the advertising. The movie revenues is going to be a question over time, how many people see it again or how often it continues to draw people in. Yeah, I think that can be a bit misleading because so many people were excited to see the sphere for the first time. It's kind of like when you open a new sporting event, baseball stadium or what, or whatever. You, you The first year or two, you got people just coming to buy a ticket just to see it. They don't really care about the game or the, the product on the field. So this is kind of like that, you know, the first six months, nine months, I think a lot of people are going to flood there and and buy the ticket because that's the cheapest way to get access to the sphere, especially if you're like Sean and you don't like Bono. Uh, (laughs) I think over time, they have to see if if this is something that people are willing to pay for again and again, even if it's like with new movies, are you willing to go back there for a new viewing experience because you enjoyed it so much? Or did you just pay the ticket to get in the door the one time? Probably won't know more until like next year to see how that plays out. After seeing the Sphere last week, I do want to go back and experience other bands. And I can imagine if they do the same thing with movies and have different ones, people will go back to see those. And probably something more action-related would be good. You got the sort of Planet Earth stuff. Now let's go with something that's different and see what they come up with. We know they have more movies in development and more shows with Dead & Company just announced, Fish, hopefully more residencies. They also confirmed in their earnings report that U2 will end their residency at the Sphere after 40 shows. We kind of knew this. There was no new shows announced after next month, and at least officially the residency is ending. Don't know if they'll come back at some point, but probably not. And the U2, 40 shows, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a lot of shows, so it's good to see that it's been paying off. And then I think the advertising aspect is something that they can really beef up and make a lot more money on. I think that's where you can get that ancillary income coming in all the time when you don't have shows, when you don't have a movie. You know, that thing's always on, always going. Uh, So you should be able to charge that around the clock, essentially, if you want. I think these numbers show a successful debut. 
right? They show a big loss and that's because of whatever their write-offs and stuff like that. But it shows decent income. The movie's selling a lot of tickets. YouTube sold out every show. They're getting pretty good advertising revenue based on what we're seeing. I think it's a success. They have a huge amount of debt. There's a huge amount of financial struggles and challenges ahead of them. But I say a successful venue, a successful launch, and these numbers seem to show it. It's going to take a long time to, to pay down that price tag. Uh, hopefully they get there. But yeah, if they can keep it up, keep acts coming in, keep the movies flowing, ads, all that stuff. I think it can be successful long term. It's just a question of if they find the right fits and they get enough people in there. Like it should be every weekend something going on, you know, in the next year or so they should have that kind of lined up. So hopefully they get to that point. So let us know what you guys think about the sphere earnings. Do you think this is good? Do you think it's bad? I mean, the number on the surface kind of looks bad, but when you dug into it, it doesn't seem too bad. The Paramount Mountain, all of the Super Bowl stuff, that stratosphere projection, lava lamp thing. Let us know what you guys think. Hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be back in a couple days with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Have a good week, everybody. Everybody.